turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I believe the Lord dealt with me very specifically for this service tonight. And I appreciate Brother Nelson being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Appreciate all of you being willing to go out of your comfort zone and be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Also to my sister, my wife, Brother Carter, Brother Jaheen, Sister Jasmine, those of you who I have publicly humiliated. I apologize publicly. <laughs> Don't blame that on them, please. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 tells us, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and, a, and in him, amen. Unto the glory of God by us. Amen. Just for a little while tonight, and I'm going to ask in just a moment for you to pray for me, because I, I have to deliver what the Lord's put on my heart, and uh, it's going to be a challenge. But if I have the prayers of the saints of God, I believe we can do it. And if I can have the help of the Holy Ghost, I believe we can do it. I believe the Lord wants to speak to somebody tonight. I really do. And um, so I want to preach tonight on this subject, I promise. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to speak to each of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for your precious word. One that I can stand on. Hallelujah, Lord. God, when everything else God, all else, God, is wrong. God, I trust you. You're my king. You're my savior. You're my master. God, I promise to love you. I promise you, Jesus. I don't want it just to be words, God, in my mouth. Hallelujah. I want to be. Hallelujah. Why don't we just lift our hands and thank him for his presence in this place tonight. I don't want to take for granted this opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated tonight if you promise to help me. Amen. This morning I preached a message that I think would be typically uh, geared for a, a Sunday night service. And uh, tonight, this may be more along the lines of a Sunday morning service. I don't know. Um, but... This is the order that the Lord gave them to me, and I trust him, and I know that he's got, he's got you in mind uh, utmost. You are, uh, he, he's, the, he's the chief shepherd, and he has his flock in mind, every service. He has a purpose, and he has something for you tonight. Amen. Just a few weeks ago, at the beginning of the year, I preached a message called Applying the Amen. And uh, in our text, we read the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. So when the Lord makes a promise, we believe it. We don't even hesitate. We know. We just accept it as, as fact, as true, amen. But I know perhaps, I know for me at, at least, and, and perhaps for some of you, he's made some promises that I have yet to see come to pass. Amen. But the scripture still teaches that they are yea and in him. Amen. And amen is, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, it's, it's an agreement. It's um, I'm signing on to what you say. I'm signing on to what you're telling me. And I agree with it. And I talked about the concept of a contract where uh, two parties at minimum would be required to 
to enter into an agreement together. And that is what applying the amen is. We are putting our signature. The amen is our signature onto what the Lord is saying. And so if the Lord's ever given you a promise, you ought to say amen, because that is signing on to the promise that God has given to you. Amen. And uh, I talked about that covenant symbolizing the con or that contract, um, which symbolizes an agreement between two parties. But there is one agreement, one covenant that exists that I didn't mention. And um, it dawned on me this afternoon. And it's not me trying to play catch up this, this evening. I really do believe the Lord is, is, has something to say to those of you that are here tonight. Amen. But the covenant that I, um, perhaps by God's direction, uh, overlooked is the covenant between a man and a woman. And uh, that's in holy matrimony. When we go to a wedding ceremony, we see at one point during a, the wedding ceremony, uh, we call them the vows. It's a covenant. It's a promise between the man and the wife saying, you're going to be mine forever. I'm going to give you my life. An example of a wedding vow that we, um, that that me and my wife, I think we use this as a basis in our wedding. We didn't write our own. Some, some go above and beyond, and, and as you just witnessed, I'm not creative enough to even put together a song, much less write my own vows. But, um, but, but so my wife and I just used the g general vows, but I want you to um, hear what they say. I, and then insert your name, take you and insert your spouse's name to be my lawfully wedded husband or wife, to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish from this day forward until death do us part. These promises are uh, very specific. They, this, this promise is from the man to the woman, from the woman to the man that Everything that's in my control, whether it doesn't matter if, if decisions I make cause us to enter into sickness or into rich or poor situations for good or bad situations, whatever life throws our way, I know what I have control over, and that is my love for you. I promise, I promise to cherish you. I promise to love you. I promise from this day forward until death do us part. Amen. I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as we go through uh, this uh, little message tonight. Amen. The Lord spoke to Noah at the very beginning. It was the first time I read of a covenant between God and man. And that was in Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Verse 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And the Lord gave uh, Noah very specific commands and directions, rules, um, if you will, for Noah to follow. Verse 15 goes on to say, and this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it, the length of it, the breadth of it, uh, the height of it, a window, the door, um, and all of the different aspects that are associated with this ark. Noah, pay attention. 
take note, I want you to make me an ark. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, and makes this note, that thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Scripture shows us that, that this, uh, that that before the Lord, we haven't talked about the covenant just yet, but before the Lord ever gave to Noah a covenant, he required from Noah his own covenant, his own promises, even his own uh, set of expectations. Go and make an ark, specific type of wood. Thou shalt make it, pitch it in, pitch it out, pitch it within, pitch it without. And here's all of the details. And the Bible tells us that thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. I mean, there was something about this God, and I don't know how Noah knew him. I don't know if, if it was a familiar voice or a strange voice. I don't know if it was, it was passed down to him from generation uh, from, to generation. We know that the Bible tells us uh, that Noah was a righteous man. And, that, uh, and so perhaps he came from, and I do believe this is the case, and you guys will have to uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I didn't look this up, but uh, Mr. Seth was his great, 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 great grandpa, I believe. And, and so uh, Noah... Noah at least came from good stock, that, that he was, he was the, the, the child uh, uh, of, of, the, of the one who was willing to obey God's commands. And so, so Noah learned that. And when God spoke, the Bible says, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded, so did he. And so because of this, it was after this point in Genesis chapter 9, the Bible says that God spoke to Noah again. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 9, God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. God said, Because Noah, you obeyed my voice, because of your righteousness, because of your obedience, I will establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Amen. Bear with me. There's a little bit of reading here tonight. Amen. But, but I believe that if, if the Holy Ghost helps me. Now, that's, that's a big difference. I need the Holy Ghost to help me. Uh, and I also need your help. Amen. Verse, but So you see in this passage where the Bible says I, that God established his covenant with him. And then let's just read through verse 17. And with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with, uh, with you, from all, that go, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth, and I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you. And every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. This is the first covenant that God made with mankind. And he said that this is not just a covenant for you and me, Noah. But this is going to exist and perpetuate for every generation after you. And so, um, so verse 13, he goes, and we just read that he's going to set a token for the covenant. Verse 13, he identifies what that token is. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and, notice what he says, and the earth. Yeah. Yeah. This is not 
necessarily the promise between God and Noah anymore. God is expanding this and saying, I'm not going to take this, this uh, vengeful, uh, this, this destructive judgment against the earth again. We're not destroying the earth again with water and floods. And the way that you know this, this covenant will be uh, tokenized. It will be remembered. It will be memorialized by this bow that's in the sky. In the clouds. And all of us know we've seen that same token that persists even today. And um, verse 15, I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, every living creature upon of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud. And I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. God establishes the covenant with Noah and sets this token, this memorial, this reminder of the covenant with him because of Noah's obedience and his faithfulness to God. We all now benefit from Noah's love for God, from Noah's esteem of God. How it would have been easy for Noah in the generation that he was in to make excuses that, that, you know, everybody else, the Bible says that every thought was wicked continually. It was evil. These were evil days, but, but Noah was different. There was something about Noah, amen, that, that he received or had this, this longing to, to obey and to please God. And it was him that God tapped and said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And if you do what I say this time, we're going to establish this not only between you and me, but between the earth. We can move on to Abram. The Bible tells us, and this is perhaps a, a familiar passage of scripture for all of us. Amen. Um, let's, let's just begin reading Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1, these things, the word, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord, God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. Lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. We'll come back to that in just a minute. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? How do I know? How do I know? And he said to them, take me an heifer of three years old and a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took of unto them all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. And when when the fowls came down upon the carcass carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, the Bible says, in horror of great darkness 
fell upon him. Verse 13, he says, and he said unto Abraham, this is when the Lord began to speak, speak to Abraham where after this horror of great darkness. If you read the passages before, Abraham and, and uh, his, his family had just pursued after kings and they won the battle. And the Bible says, after this word, the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. This is after, in, in both cases, when, I, when I, I, I just think this is an interesting side note, that each time that the Lord came to, came to Abram was after a period of struggle, after a period uh, of, of wrestling, perhaps in his mind. But the Bible tells us even on his bed that horrors came to him. Darkness came upon him. And, uh, you know, I'm not scholarly enough to know whether or not that was given to him by the Lord, that, whether that was related to the Lord's presence. But we do see, amen, again, in just a few minutes, that, the same, that it was specifically after the sun went down, in the dark time, when, the, when, the, when there was great darkness upon Abram, that it's in those moments that God chose to speak to Abram. I just think that's interesting. Amen. And the Bible says, verse 13, he said unto him, and said unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years, and also that nation which, uh, whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they, uh, shall they come out with great substance. Verse 15, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Skip down to verse 17. This is what I was referring to a moment ago. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Verse 18, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Under thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the river, the river, the great river, the river Euphrates. Child of God, I... As I, maybe I, I should dwell just a few moments longer at this point that, that in your darkest moments, in those times when you uh, lay upon your bed in great darkness, as it were, falls upon you. I believe that those are vulnerable moments and God is, uh, is attentive to his flock, the ones uh, that are at the end of, or at, at the, on the fringe of the herd, if you will, on the, on the ends where the enemy is, is creeping up behind and looking over your shoulder, looking to see whether or not you're available for the taking. It's in those moments that the shepherd's awareness is as sharp as can be. Amen. Friend, don't, don't. Uh, let the enemy lie to you and tell you that he's forgotten about you. Amen. He uh, has made a covenant uh, between you and him, uh, and you are his. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how long lapses between the time that God initially made his first covenant. Uh, some have said approximately 15 to 20 years. The Bible tells us that when he left Ur of the Chaldees that he was 75 years old. Amen. But again, amen, at 90 years old, we'll pick up in Genesis chapter 17. Amen. When Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram. 
and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me. Amen. And be thou perfect. Amen. Abram, you are about to, to enter into a place of covenant with me. And guess what, buddy? I've got some requirements for you. Amen. But if you're willing, amen, if you love me enough, if you're willing to put forth the effort, amen, I will establish a covenant. Hallelujah. 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 Verse 2, immediately after he says, walk before me and be thou perfect. He said, I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thy seed exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As for me, behold, my covenant, Abram, is with thee. Amen. I see something inside of this man. Amen. He's different than all of the other pagans in Ur of the Chaldees. He's different than Tehran and Haran. He's different than even his own family members. I'm going to establish my covenant with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was in this time, in this moment of covenant with God. And then verse 5 tells us that neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. Your name is no longer Abram, but your name is now Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. You're not who you used to be, Abram. Hallelujah. When me and my wife got married, I've heard pastor use this example, and I'm, so I'm going to use it too. And uh, I, I would have had a really hard time if she married and said, uh, you know, I, on the day that we went on top of her little mountain, she had a little special place there in Colorado Springs near Garden of the Gods, and we climbed up to the top of the mountain, and uh, it was snowing, it was cold, I didn't plan very well, and uh, well, I got all the other plans together, but I forgot, you know, certain important details. So we got on top of the mountain, and so we're freezing. We literally are up there for about an hour and a half because waiting on people to set things up, and because the goal was by the time we come back down from the mountain, then you know, walking down the trail, pictures of our story, and then at the end, I'll pop the question. Okay, so I used to be a romantic, uh, not anymore. I put it all into that one effort. Amen. But, but it was when she said yes, when I asked the question, she said yes. I didn't even have to ask her whether or not she was willing to change her last name. It's a given. It's an assumption. Uh, but, but if she wasn't willing to change her name, if she wasn't willing to change her identity, if she wasn't willing to come with me, and thank you very much. But if she wasn't willing to make those commitments, those promises to me, then I am not going to make my promise to her. And, and I think this is an interesting uh, and important detail that, that the Lord told Abram. Not anymore. You're not just a father, but you are the father of many nations. Thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations 
have I made thee. I will make thy, thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. Sounds very familiar to the covenant that he made with Noah. That, that if Abraham was willing to obey, if Abraham would walk before the Lord, if Abraham would be perfect, Wow. That's, that's a tall order. That's a, that's a, that, and, and you, and maybe some of you already know where I'm going with this, but, but it was after this covenant with Abraham that the Lord established 613 commandments. He made that promise to, to Abraham. Why? Because Abraham wanted to be with God. He left his whole family. He left his uncles, his aunts, his brothers, his daddy. He left everybody behind except Lot. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, this is, this is the, 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 and we're backing up a little bit in time, but I want you to see how, how Abraham responded to the call of the Lord. Verse 1 says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So what did Abraham do? Do He, he, like, ah, oh, that's cool. Interesting. I like the idea. Let's do it. He didn't, he didn't just respond uh, verbally or even just emotionally. He didn't just respond in that moment. But the next, uh, next series of years in his life uh, had consequences associated with this calling. Verse 4 says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran and Abram departed because the Lord spoke to him and said just like Noah Noah go build me an ark so he did it Abram let's go I'm going to take you to the land that I'll show you so Abram did it And the Lord also gave to him a token of promise. Genesis chapter 17, verse 9. God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man, child among you, shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man, child, every man, child in your generations, he that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. From this promise, we have the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, the 613 commandments. Because Abraham was willing to get up out of the land of Ur and begin to trod on a journey to he knew not where, amen, but to a land that God would show him. I mean, Abraham said, Lord, I promise. And when God said, Abram, if you will, I will. Abraham said, yes. 
<laughs> no problem with me. God, I love you so much that I'll leave everything behind. Noah, will you build me an ark? Yes, Lord, I promise. It doesn't matter if it takes years. I'm going to go through the criticism. I'm going to go through amen, the turmoil. I'm going to go through the questions. I promise. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jeremiah predicted and prophesied of a day that would come. Amen. Where the Lord would establish a new covenant. Jeremiah 31 verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. I think Jeremiah is rolling back the curtain, if you will, amen, and revealing to those of us who will notice, amen, the very reason that God established the covenant with his people in the first place, amen. Did he want Noah, amen, just to be upright for uprightness sake? Did he want Abraham? to leave her just so he could put a wedge between his family and friends. Absolutely not. Amen. God was looking for someone who's willing to say more than all of these. More. Amen. Than anything else. More than everyone else. God, I love you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to make a new covenant. I'm not going to put it in pages or parchment or stone. I'm not going to require you to memorize some 613 commandments. If you just give me your heart, I'll write it on the tables of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The author of Hebrews quotes this prophecy from Jeremiah in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15 says, Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is a covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts and in their minds. Will I write them and their sins and iniquities? Will I remember? No more now where remission of these is there is no offering for sin oh somebody's not hearing what i'm saying or i'm just not making it clear enough tonight hallelujah you gotta understand amen that when you enter this covenant with him when you enter and say god i promise amen all of those things all of those laws all of those righteous edicts that god issued so that we can be more like him so that we can become more perfect amen they no longer amen are stored amen in store houses or warehouses amen or the minds of the intellectuals or the minds of the scholars amen but they're written on our hearts 
hallelujah, hallelujah. No longer do you have to uh, amen, meet certain uh, status quo. Uh, no longer do you have to uh, amen, jump through hoops uh, and follow certain uh, commands uh, and require the interpretation of somebody smarter than you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But his laws in our hearts, his laws in our minds, he will write them. He will write them. He will write. Just when, just like from Moses, Brother Hall, amen, on Mount Sinai, when he was in great communion with God, when the glory of God was descending and ascending, amen, when the fire was falling, and those who were looking on saw the glory, amen, pulsating on top of Mount Sinai, and that Amen. Split the clouds and carved onto stone just like that. He'll write it on your heart. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Hilton, I'm not holy enough. I'm not righteous enough. Let me tell you something. All you need to do is find him in a moment with him. Hallelujah. God, I promise. God, I promise. I promise. Hallelujah. Notice what he said. It's a reason for a lot of these commands. Leviticus is filled with specific ceremonies and, and processes that the priest had to do for one reason. And that was to purify the people of God. To wash away the sin. To make atonement, to use the biblical term for the sin. Never did they experience remission of sins. They were only, there was only an excuse given, if you will. There was only a, it was pushed ahead and you have to reconcile with it again. Atonement, once a year. And, and Noah and Abraham Moses and the children of Israel, they were willing to make that promise. But as we just read, they couldn't keep it because it was such a tall order, as I mentioned. He said, walk before me. Be thou perfect. How can I be perfect when we are uh, cursed with this fallen nature? How can you be perfect when we are born in sin, shapen in iniquity, as the psalmist wrote? We all are living a life that is fallen. Bible tells us, we mentioned it the other day, but our righteousness is our, as filthy rags. We can't do good enough. I know some good people. In this place I know some really good people but even your good works the things that you do your kindness not enough hallelujah I'm telling you men and women uh, can I say it this way uh, more consecrated than you more dedicated than you throughout the pages of Old Testament please understand what I'm saying I'm not uh, Perhaps it's a, a poor way of saying it. But these are men and women uh, that, that were, were dedicated, were trying, earnestly trying. God, I want to do what's right. God, I want you to show me what's right and what's wrong so I can be obedient. Hallelujah. Amen. But as we read in just this scripture just now, 
their sins and iniquities, if, if they will allow me to write it on their hearts, if they will allow me to write it in their minds, their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. And then he goes on to say, and I think this is such an important point, that where remission of sins is, where remission of these is, and he's referring to sins and iniquities. So where remission of sins and iniquities is, there is no more offering for sin. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus, for what? The remission of sins. What you are doing is making the final offering. What you are doing is offering the final sacrifice. That sacrifice is you. What is, what does burial with him in baptism mean? It's as if, is as it were, us burying our lives, burying our old man. And when that happens, something new emerges. Galatians chapter 6 verse 15 for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Let's go just a little bit further. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of this flesh. This is how when we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity, when we are born into this fallen state, if we put off the body of the sins of the flesh, by what? By the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, he goes on, that's a colon at the end there, so he's going to explain what that is. The circumcision of Christ is buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Amen. Jesus was our forerunner. Amen. The one who first died. The one who first took this, take this carnal flesh and put it on a cross and said, God, not my will, but thy will be done. God, no matter what I have planned for my life, no matter the things, amen, the goals, the ambitions, the things I want to do, God, your will be done I promise I love you I love you more than anything else I want to live oh I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight amen if we're willing to put ourselves on the cross if we're willing to put off the body of the sins of the flesh and bury ourselves with him in baptism then we can be risen with him through what Bring that scripture back up there, verse 12 of 2 Colossians chapter 2. Through the faith of the operation of the gift, uh, of the operation of God. Where previous covenants required certain righteousness. 
Amen. Certain laws, certain commandments before the covenant would be established. This new covenant will remove your unrighteousness. Amen. Proactively. Amen. Preemptively. Amen. It will take and say, you know what? I've already done this a couple of times before. Amen. Are you with me right now? When Noah and Abraham, amen, said, yes, Lord. I'll do it. Amen. You could read in the story about Noah how he failed God. Bob talks about he got drunk and, and, and things happened. Amen. But and, and 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 so on. But but so these men are imperfect. These men, amen, who initially established their promise with God. Amen. They fell short. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Even the righteous are not righteous enough. Even the ones willing to give all, that's not enough. Even the ones who would, amen, spend the time, Brother Jerome, amen, uh, uh, nurturing and coddling, amen, this perfect lamb would bring it again and again, and it's not enough. Our very best is not enough. Somebody hear me tonight. Your very best is not enough. Amen. You can go ahead and hang that coat up. Amen. You don't have to try anymore. You don't have to meet certain conditions anymore. Amen. You don't have certain. Somebody hear me tonight. Amen. You don't have to. Amen. Have certain requirements and righteousness. Amen. And things going on. What you need. What you need. Is to enter into that covenant. Hallelujah. When you enter to that covenant, this new covenant, not the one with the 613 commandments, not the one uh, that, that he still shows us today, perpetuates through this generation, that he's not going to destroy, amen, the, the, the earth. Not just those covenants, but if you enter this new one, then he will take care of your righteousness. He will take care of your unrighteousness. Hallelujah. He prepares the one to whom the Lord would make his covenant for him. How many times have we heard the preacher talking about, Jesus speaking about how he's preparing his bride for himself? He's preparing us. He's, he's, he's working on us. He's changing us. And child of God, if you're still walking, amen, on concrete or grass or wood, if you're still on this earth, he's still working on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But all he requires from you is your promise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bible says Romans chapter 11, 26, and so all Israel shall be saved. What? So all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion a deliverer. I've lost my spot here. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. That deliverer. You see the words capitalized D. That's talking about Jesus. That deliverer shall turn away all, all ungodliness from Jacob. That's the children of Abraham. Verse 27. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. This is part of his covenant. 
This is, amen, the fundamental part of this covenant. Amen. Every command throughout the Old Testament was seeking this ultimate goal of making his people perfect, of making them sinless and spotless. Amen. As the lambs that they were sacrificing to him. Amen. This is, amen, the entire purpose of his covenant with Abraham. I want you to be perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. When Jesus was speaking to the apostles, the Bible says that he opened their understanding. In Luke chapter 24, verse 45, he says, Then opened he their understanding. Amen. That they might understand the scriptures. Hallelujah. No one. Brother Hall, nobody before these men had received this special gift from God. Nobody, amen, the prophets of old, amen, the ones who wrote, amen, with prophetic accuracy, amen, writing of days today, never had their eyes opened like the apostles. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he says in this context, after he opened their understanding so that they could understand the scriptures, verse 46 says, he said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins, remission of sins, remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Oh, Abraham, you want to be the father of many nations? Amen. Israel is just one nation. The children of Israel is just one nation. Amen. But you know how Abraham is a spiritual father of many nations? It's this way. Amen. Those of us who have had our sins remitted. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 2, verse 29. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. This is the one just above. He's a Jew that is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit. And not in the letter. But though, but whose praise is not of men, but of God. I mean, you see, this is the attitude and the spirit that Jesus dealt with in the Pharisees. Because this old commandment, this old law, amen, of 613, amen, commandments, Brother Jehim, amen, it was a, it was a competition, if you will. Who can be the most righteous? Who can, amen, understand the most scripture? Amen, who can write the most scripture? Amen, and, and interpret it for us. Amen. But Jesus said, boys, amen, stop the fighting. Amen, stop it. Amen, I want to issue, amen, a circumcision in your heart and in your spirit. Hallelujah. A new covenant, a new promise. Hallelujah. If you could just make the promise to me. If you could just, uh, amen, amen, do you feel the same way I do? Do you feel the same way that I, Abraham, do you feel the same way? Would you come with me to a land that I'll show? Yeah, Lord, I'll go with you. Noah, do you want to be saved? You're a righteous man. I like your style. I like the way you're living. Amen. You're not perfect. Amen. But you're righteous. Amen. If you want to go build an ark and I'll use it to save you and prepare. You wait a covenant for generations. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Completing our passage in Luke chapter 24. Repentance, verse 47, remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Amen. Talking to the apostles, you are bearing firsthand witness of what's going on. This transformation, the establishment of this new covenant. You are the ones with whom I'm establishing a new covenant. In verse 49, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So tarry in Jerusalem till you endure power from on high. Amen. You know when you receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know. Amen. That will be the fulfillment of this new covenant. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 You can see that those who would receive the promise of the Father were required to first begin with repentance. Hallelujah. Putting off. The, 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 the body of these sins. Repentance. Putting yourself on the cross. Repentance. Amen. You can't have remission of sins unless you first, amen, die out to those sins. Hallelujah. You must first uh, repent. God, I want to, I don't want anything to do with that lifestyle anymore. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to talk that way. God, I promise I'm going to change my life. Hallelujah. Amen. And for those of you who have repented, amen, then, amen, you don't have to um, have some form of righteousness or you don't have to have some form, amen, of conditions met. All you have to do is be honest and say, God, I promise. I promise. I promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Honestly express regret and remorse. Child of God, this applies to more than just the first time. Amen. Person. Amen. Issuing repentance. Amen. You ought to renew your promise with him daily. You ought to renew. Amen. The promises you made to him every day. I really, hallelujah. I mean, I feel like God is talking to somebody tonight. I understand we're not jumping and we're knocking down chandeliers or fans. Amen. But I believe the Holy Ghost is ministering in this place. Amen. Child of God, do you remember the night that you knelt at the altar and said, God, I promise. I promise, come what may, come hell or high waters, I promise, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to change my life. I'm not going to go back to that. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Maybe it's time for some of us to renew our promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The promise of the Father is to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If he calls you, he's waiting on your promise. If he calls you, he's waiting on you to reciprocate. If my wife hadn't said yes, I'd gotten up, dusted off my legs, walked away. I was waiting to hear something. I was waiting to hear a promise, brother Brody. I was waiting. Hallelujah. I was waiting. I was waiting. And boy, oh boy, did I wait. But God's grace is sufficient. 
And she said, yes. I'll do it. Wherever you go, I'll go. Oh, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Uh, hallelujah church why don't we try to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now amen I, I understand distractions uh, amen have prevailed in this service uh, amen but it's time for you and I amen to push all those things aside and let the Holy Ghost move in this service tonight <laughs> hallelujah God's come to minister amen I don't think it's just one I believe the Holy Ghost is talking amen perhaps to a multitude of us tonight amen are you willing amen to renew your promise are you willing amen to reestablish your covenant amen those of you who have not initially made your covenant tonight would be a good night hallelujah tonight would be amen a perfect night to, to enter into covenant God I'm sorry if you feel that way, if you feel like that, that you aren't perfect enough, that you're not good enough, you're exactly right. You're in exactly the position that he wants you to be. He wants you to realize that you can't do it on your own. He wants you to understand that you're not worthy, that it is his blood it is his sacrifice ultimately amen when we lay down our lives when we amen are buried with him what we're doing is we're taking on the sacrifices that he has made for us <laughs> hallelujah god i promise hallelujah acts chapter one gives us a glimpse of what our promises would do Acts chapter 1, verse 4, 4 says, being assembled together. Amen. This is Luke picking up right where he left off in Luke chapter 24, which we just read. Amen. But he said, being assembling, assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with the water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And sure enough, when the Lord makes a promise, he never, amen, takes it back. He's a man of his word. Amen. When he makes a promise, if he says not many days, hallelujah, if you have heard from a man of God, amen, claiming that it's not many days, and it's been many days, and perhaps you ought to go and read in the book of Deuteronomy, and determine whether or not that was a man of God but if God is speaking if it's God's word and he says not many days hence amen it's not many days hence hallelujah the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance said I'm not worthy enough I can't do it you're right your righteousnesses are as filthy rags you can't do it but the God amen that I serve will give you an utterance that you've never spoken before amen it's no longer your word it's his word when he says it amen it comes to pass I promise God I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. Amen, I'm getting ready, amen, to come to a close. Amen, amen, I mentioned just a little bit ago. Hallelujah. That 
that we would come back to the faith. Amen. When we're talking about Abraham, it was faith that began Abraham's walk with God. It was that raw faith. Hallelujah. When the Lord spoke to him, he said, I believe your word. I, I've never heard from you. I've never seen this before. Perhaps I have ancestors that told me stories about, no, I don't know. Amen. I don't know the stories. Amen. But I do know that as soon as the Lord's words entered into the heart of Abraham, he got up and went by faith. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus said when he came to earth, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I've not come to destroy it, to, but to fulfill. Amen. If Jesus came in and put off, amen, all of the laws and put off, amen, the Mosaic laws, amen, and didn't fulfill it, then he would have broken his promises. Hallelujah. But God said, I am going to fulfill every promise that I made to you. Hallelujah. Amen. The commandments of God. Amen. Still persist. Amen. He still loves those who love righteousness. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 19. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 17 says, wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing. And, and I will, I will, I will receive you and I will be a father unto you and you will be my sons and my daughters saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. The same one that entered into covenant with Abraham. Amen. Is entering into covenant with those of us who would separate to him. I promise God. Jesus said in John 14 verse 15 if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. The greatest act of love is to tell the Lord, I love you more than anything else. Hallelujah. Baby, I love you more than anything else. Sister Andriana Hilton, more than anybody else, more than anything else. Amen. But there's one amen, that I love more. His commandments are not grievous to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Nobody comes second to my wife. Amen. But she comes second only to one. And he's one, Brother Hall, that I made a promise to a long time ago. Yes, God. I'll walk with you. I'll walk before you. If you'll help me, I'll do my best to be perfect. Amen. And I have failed over and over and over. Amen. But all it took was for me, Brother Hall, to make it back to an altar and say, sorry. I'm, I, I have failed. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Hallelujah. I don't feel like one of your children. I don't feel like I'm covered by the blood anymore. I don't feel like it. But if you'll hear this feeble cry, I will renew this promise. I will renew again. 
Church, let's just pray for a minute right now. Hallelujah. Do you have enough faith in the word of God? Do you have enough faith in what God has spoken to you? Some of you, the Holy Ghost has spoken to in recent days, in recent weeks. But my question is, do you, amen, heed the voice of God enough to to reciprocate the promise? Do you promise? Do you promise? Do you promise? Do you promise to live for him? Do you promise to love him more than anything, more than these? Peter! Hallelujah. Do you love me more than these? Lord, thou knowest. Lord, I... I know my actions haven't shown the way that I really feel on the inside, but you know. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to renew the promise. Yes, Lord, I do. I do love you. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me more than these? I see you looking that way. I see you looking over the shoulder. I see you, but do you love me? Enough to renew your promise. Feed my sheep. Peter! Hallelujah, child of God. The number of times that you failed him, the number of times that you slipped, God will give you equal, ample, and greater, amen, opportunity, amen, to reestablish your promise. Amen, listen to me. Amen, there, I've heard the same messages, amen, that preach condemnation. Amen, but Paul said, amen, there is now therefore no more condemnation to those who are in Christ. Amen, if you've entered into a covenant, with him there should be no condemnation amen there should only be a conviction amen which drives you to renew the promise I've heard the same messages amen if you do that enough amen if you live that way long enough if you keep doing that amen you're gonna cross a line Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you something. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament and the New Testament is filled with this statement. His mercy is everlasting. Huh. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus said, amen, I'm going, amen, to prepare a place for you that where I go, you may be also, amen, the covenant that he made with Abraham, the covenant that he made with Noah, amen, was not a temporal covenant between him and God, amen, but it was a perpetual covenant that would go for generations. And so it is with the covenant that you've entered into with God. Amen. You said, yes, I promise. Brother Hall, God is not going to be the one, amen, that revokes that covenant. God is not going to be the one that violates this agreement. His promises are yea and amen. It's true. It's real. It has real power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's forever. God, 
with my feeble voice, I promise. With as much strength as I can muster, with as much will as I can bring into bear, I do promise. Church, let's just talk to the Lord right now. But the hell, you're just trying to add some sensation. Go ahead and think that, Amen. And and you, you, what? I don't, I don't care, Amen. I'm reaching for a heart. I'm reaching for a soul right now, Amen. I'm trying to remind you of the promises of God. I'm trying to remind you, Amen, Amen, that His word is true, Amen. It's yea and amen. Not one jot, not one tittle will ever pass away. If it's His word, it's eternal. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is not the one that's going to pull the rug out from under you. Amen. You can walk. You can go away. Amen. You can run away. Amen. But you are going to be the one that initiates it. It's not you. It's not God. It'll be you. But I'm offering an opportunity for everyone under the sound of my voice. Amen. To come and renew your promise with God. I promise, I promise, even if this promise only makes it one more day, God, I'll be here again tomorrow. God, even if I, if I can't, thank you, Brother Nelson, if, even if I can't, even if I can't muster enough strength, amen, to walk more than just a mile, God, I, I promise. I promise, I promise these altars are open.